Welcome to the Story Apothecary, a podcast filled with healing and medicinal stories. My name is Nana Tomova, and I'm a traditional storyteller and a pharmacist, and stories are medicines which I dispense. In this podcast, you'll find my prescriptions of stories for the body, mind, heart, soul, and for the earth. So I invite you to join me as we enter the healing world of stories together. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Story Apothecary. I'm so pleased that once again you choose to join me here. This is my first episode recording in my new home in Scotland. It is the end of May. I just had my birthday two days ago and everything is in bloom. The hawthorn with its heady scent of magnificent blossoms, rich and almondy, and so is the rowan, so subtle until you get close and you can almost drown in their beauty. And I was pleasantly surprised to recognise that as the leaves, as the trees got their leaves across the river close to my house, But in fact, they're lime trees, linden trees, the trees of my childhood. It is those things that made me feel so at home, despite being so far away. As I watched the waters dance upon the bank of the river's bay, I saw the swallows dip in and out as well as the sand martins. How glorious. No matter where we are in the world, waters join us. And this can help when you're feeling homesick, when trying to adjust to a new place. And so here I am, six weeks, nearly seven. And... It is time for a story, I feel. It has been too long. And so thank you for your patience. Adjusting to a new place takes a lot of energy. And rest, well, rest is difficult for most of us. I hear rest is difficult for women especially. And so I have to remind myself that it's okay. Naps don't come naturally to me. And so I really wanted to release another story. And I thought I'd come to a compromise. So here is a story which I told live and recorded for the Rewilding Cinderella Project last May. It is in fact a Bulgarian Cinderella story. And it was recorded live in Brighton. 
near my last home. And I'll put the link to the whole video of all the storytellers that told Cinderella stories from all over the world. So you may watch the video over a nice cup of tea and cake. It is about two hours. I do love the Cinderella story. It is not Disney Cinderella, as you'll see. And maybe some of you were there. I think I met some of the people that listen to the podcast. So if you're listening, I hope you enjoy re-hearing this story. Stories, of course, are meant to be listened to again and again. This is how they were told. For when we listen to a story a second or a third time, in the listening, we find and discover different things. And it is different because we are different. We're always changing and evolving with each day that passes by. And so it's always useful to re-listen to stories. I hope you enjoy this Bulgarian Cinderella called Mara Pepelashka. Once upon a time, between the forests and the mountains of Bulgaria, a cottage, handmade of wood. And in that wooden cottage, next to the hearth, there is a woman and her child. Mara, the girl is called. And you'll find them sitting there, spinning, 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 speaking and laughing, crying and singing. stories, singing, and always spinning. One day, one day the daughter sent to the mother, Mamo, iskam do uchida na sedjanka. To go to a sedjanka, the mother said, to a gathering, to a neighbor's house, to a party. You've never asked me that before, daughter. Well, I, I suppose you can, but here is his bag of tow. 
You must spin every single last part of the toe. If you do not, I will turn into a cow. Into a cow, might have thought. But she agreed, and so she went. She went to a Sidyanka. Oh, how wonderful it was to, say, to be there with all her friends and to spin and to sing and to dance and to laugh and she span. She span as fast as she could. She span until her fingers were raw. She span until her hands were stiff. She span until her fingers bled. And she still kept on spinning, spinning and spinning. And as she was in the last distaff, the ninth distaff, her father knocked and came to collect her. Her father who had just been to market, her father who had finished earlier than usual. The sun hadn't quite yet set. He could hear the maidens laughing and singing and he thought it was a little bit early but he still went in and called for her. How could she refuse her father? She could not refuse her father. She never dared to refuse her father. And so she left and she went with him. They walked without saying a word, him carrying a bunch of leeks in his hands from the market. They knocked on the front door, but there was no open door, no greeting, no smile. Just a, a moo. The sound of a cow from inside and she knew. They knocked and they shouted and eventually the father broke down the door. And there in front, in the cool of the front room, there was a snow white cow. And Mara knew. She knew that she had not worked hard enough. She knew that she had not spun hard enough. And because of that, her mother, her dear mother, had turned into a cow. The husband was confused. He, he looked for his wife, but Mara did not tell him. How could she? Such shame, such guilt. From that day on, grief washed over her like a tide. Time passed, days, weeks, months. And eventually, the man married another wife. Mara got a stepmother. She was nice enough. She smiled. But it was not her mother. And with that cow that stayed in the barn, Mara would nuzzle her head next to the neck of a cow. And I would stay there and embrace for what seemed like hours. Heartbeat next to heartbeat. She would sing to her cow. She would laugh, but mostly she would cry. Her father and her stepmother looked. What a curious relationship with a cow. It was not natural. It was not normal. And so one day the stepmother said to her husband, husband, this cow does not produce milk. She is barren. She only eats and costs us money slaughter her for our dinner. 
might have heard the news, the words as she was hiding behind the door. Her heart sank. What could she do? And so she chose not to be there on the day that it happened. A meal was cooked. The smell lingered across the room and the stepmother cooked joyously. And Mara was welcomed. Yash, they said. Yash, yash. But she would not eat. She would look, try to hide her sorrow, but she would not eat. When all the meat was finished, she gathered all the bones and instead of throwing them to the dogs at the crossroads, she gathered them, bone and sinew, and she took them to the hearth. And bone mixed with tears, she buried them deep down in the soft ash of the hearth. And she wept. So hollow was she that you could have made a drum out of her. Time passed. And Marilei, by that fireplace, day after day, night after night, the bones of her mother. So much so that her name became Mara Pepelashka, Mara Cinderella. At some point in the year, in the time of weddings, there was of course a wedding. And everybody in the village was invited. And the stepmother and her husband were so excited. You should come, they said to Mara. Come to the wedding, there'll be dancing, there'll be food, it'll be good for you. Look at me, she said. I am all covered in ash, my clothes, my face, my hair. What am I going to do to a wedding? You go. I'll stay here. I know how much convincing they went and she was left there in her usual place by the hearth. She fell asleep. She fell into a deep and dreamful sleep in which she heard the voice of her mother. Her mother telling her to go to that hearth, dig deep, uncover the bones, and there she will find a dress. Put the dress on, said the mother, and go to the wedding. Mara woke up with a fright, her, her heart beating inside of her chest. She went to that hearth and started uncovering the bones, fingers deep inside that ash until she saw a dress. A dress as golden like the sun, silver like the moon, sparkling like the stars, and shoes golden. She cleaned her face put on her new dress, put on her shoes and, and went on the back path to the village. No one saw her. They were all at the wedding and she entered. And as she entered, it was like the sun rose. Everyone turned to look at this girl. Who was she? And she joined the hura, that, that dance that goes round and round and led it. And people stepped back. As she danced, she was almost hovering above the ground and people sat there, stood, waited 
with mouths agape. And as she watched, she knew it was time to go before her parents got there and she ran out the door. And as she ran quickly, she lost one of her golden shoes, but she had no time to go back. And she ran through the back ways and entered that cottage panting, buried the clothes back in the half, put cinders and put ash on her face and laid out back down the place that she knew was home. When her father and stepmother entered, they began telling her, Oh, the znaesh kakvo stane neska na svadbata takova mumiče, takova mumiče, takava rokla, kato zlatu, kato slunce, kato luna, kato zvezdi. Oh, mali, mali, da ti kaže kakvo nešto stane, da beše, da beše tam, da beše tam. Mara said nothing. She just smiled politely. She just laughed. Mostly. She just stared a blank look. The following day, the king and his men were taking the horses out and they needed to go and water the horses. And the horse went back and started neighing. Something scared him in the water. Let me see, they said. And as they looked, they saw something golden glittering in the water. And the king wanted to go and see what it is, and he pulled a golden shoe. Look at this shoe, he said. I am the king of this land, and I do not have such shoes. I do not have such items. If this is so rich, if this is such beauty, imagine the person that was wearing it. And so he gave an order that all the women were brought to his palace in a line, one by one, to try the shoe. And so the command was given, and all the women began to come, whispering and giggling and laughing in a single line, and one by one they tried and they tried and tried, but the shoe did not fit. Has everybody come? said the king. Has there been anyone who disobeyed my rule? Everyone's here, they said, apart from a useless girl, Mara Pepelashka. She is covered in ash. She does not wash. She just stays there. A crazy girl, they say. She did not come, but it is clear it is not hers anyway. Bring her to me, said the king. And so Mara Pepelashka was brought. And as soon as she tried that golden shoe, it fit like a second skin. And the king could not believe his eyes. The dress was brought. She put it on. Oh, such beauty. Everybody gasped. This is the girl from the wedding, people would say. I will marry this girl, the king said. Mara Pepelashka, a girl without a mother, become a queen. How wonderful. No one asked her. Did she want to marry the king? She had no choice. Women had no choice in those days and so she went. There was a wedding. Oh, such a feast. Such beautiful food, such 
heavy laden tables, they almost creaked from the weight, dancing and drinking, drinking and singing. Mara made a wonderful queen, a wise queen, a queen with kindness, with compassion. How could she not? Everything she had gone through taught her the most important lessons in life. And that king and queen in that kingdom, it is said that due to Mara the queen, that kingdom was one of the most successful, kind and just ones that time has ever known across the whole land. If you enjoy this podcast, then consider supporting me on Patreon. Patreon is a member-only site where you can contribute monthly. Otherwise, feel free to buy me a coffee at Kofi. You can also share this podcast on social media and leave me a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify if it brings you joy or healing. Cinderella stories all over the world deal with things like grief, loss of mother or kin, kin of course not being just human kin, kin could be the animals, the landscape around us that we love. In this version of the story, it is a cow, like in some others. Sometimes it is a hazelnut tree that protects the daughter. Sometimes it is an orange tree. Another time a bird, perhaps. There is something about the mother living on. And there is something about Mother Nature tending to us. A lot of richness in this story. And the beauty of stories is that no matter how many people you get in a circle to listen to a story. If it is 80, you'll get 80 slightly different opinions. If it is 117, you're going to get 117 different opinions and this is how it should be. There might be some symbols 
which are shared across cultures. There might be some archetypal symbolism. However, we are all individual with our own histories and our own stories. In our hearts and in our bones. And so when we listen to a traditional story like this, it will mean something slightly different to each of us. And so I decided to create this Story Apothecary Gatherings where we meet once a month online so that people from all over the globe join and discuss the possibility of endless meanings to the stories from this podcast. And I plan to discuss the Cinderella story there. But there is so much about Cinderella that we have done in the Storytelling Choir already. So if you want to ponder or muse into the meanings of stories, and I'll pop a few links down in the show notes. And the beautiful singing in the story is not me. I, I wish I could sing like that, but I, at this point in time, I cannot. And so it is the beautiful voice of Anna Sofia Menato, who is a, a singer that lives in Bulgaria, and she taught me how to sing for a while, and for that I am grateful. The song is a traditional Bulgarian song called Lepa Yano. And thank you for joining me. I wish you a wonderful rest of the spring. Thank you to In Feathers for the beautiful music as always. See you next time. Thank you for joining me in the